Card Gamers Network and the rather sexy boys and girls over at Gamernode, you're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that got quizzed one too many times and now lives only to satiate its lust for revenge. I am your rancorous host, Sinan Kuba, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to a special QI-themed edition of this Big Red Potiony podcast. If you've never watched an episode of the BBC show QI, where have you been? But otherwise... Uh, Well, it's a fantastic show and you should check it out. If you don't know, then let me tell you. The QI stands for quite interesting. And being interesting is what QI is all about. And this is what this show is all about. In the next half hour, I'll be firing off a bunch of rather tricky, sometimes totally unfair questions at my guests. (laughs) But I'm actually more interested in their answers being interesting than correct. When they're correct, my guests will get some points. But when they're interesting, they'll get even more. Similarly, boring answers are punished even more than wrong ones. The rules are relatively simple, but how they're executed, well, that's a bit more subjective, but we'll work it out as I go along. Without further ado, let me introduce my flock of guests and what a fine flock of guests they are. We have the mouse-toting Alex Shaw. <laughs> Squeak? What? <laughs> uh, hello. Like a, digital, a digital cowboy, you see, mouse-toting, gun-toting. Oh, I see, right. Sorry. If that is a mouse in my pocket. I'm not just pleased to see you. Hello. <laughs> and it works the next one as well the super highwayman Tony Atkins does it? <laughs> you sure? get off yeah London. it's tenuous um, I couldn't think of one for Zan so I went with the bird bashing Zantiriad I don't know why it seemed, <laughs> oh, it why seemed beating Zantiriad <laughs> <laughs> yeah gee thanks <laughs> I mean yeah, the traditional pigeon welcome is cool ah uh, okay well, that's I the best could, I can do the pigeon do. chested um, <laughs> the pigeon chested the pi- pigeon. Yeah, when when the pigeons used to meet on the launch. This is a quite interesting fact. When the Ninja <laughs> Fat pigeons you first met on Xbox Live about six seven years ago, whenever it was, um, when they'd all come online together, everyone would go, "Goo!" <laughs> oh my there god, go. that is quite interesting. I'm going to give you, you points go. for that. Um, not See, many. Did, Did I mention the, the digital young. cowboys when they meet <laughs> like to go yeehaw? That's that's (laughs) not so interesting. Um, So anyway, the gentlemen of this panel, and ladies and gentlemen of the listenership, this is a team game, even though Zan is a team of one at this stage because uh, our Texan friend Eddie Inzato has dropped out like a cowardly... uh, (laughs) Didn't want to face us. Yellow-bellied Texan. Exactly. So it is uh, just one big red potioneer versus two digital cowboys, but um, I think in true blockbuster style, Zan, you feel you've got a a good chance against these guys. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Excellent. I'm just here for the chicks. <laughs> like like every blockbuster <laughs> double team. <laughs> um, so, and, and well, in, in fairness, you guys have been given the, the chance to redeem yourselves after the uh, the bitter humiliation of Game Burst 2010. It wasn't bitter. It, yeah, it was the music round. There is no <laughs> harm in being beaten by the best. I quite By agree. the best! <laughs> It's all in good spirit anyway. It, it doesn't Absolutely. matter. The winner or loser, I'm, I'm prefacing if we're going to lose now, you see. This is all in good spirit. That's right, but it's not very interesting, Tony, so I'm going to deduct your points for that. Um, <laughs> this is the QI I know. The point system doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Did I mention how fantastic you look today, Sinan? Uh, you, you didn't, but uh, it was kind of self-evident. So, anyway, <laughs> the questions today, without, without any more of this uh, flattery and uh, bribery, let's get stuck into them. As the legendary game Pro Wrestling boldly stated, a winner is you, and truer words have never been spoken. Gentlemen, the first question. How did Pac-Man designer Toru Iwatani come up with the design for Pac-Man? And a warning here, be specific, and that is your last warning. This one's very interesting. He was eating a wheel of brie, and he got kind of full after just the first slice. (laughs) And then he put a grape down, and he went... Hang on a minute. That was a direct quote. It's like uh, Salvador Dali with that whole lobster phone thing. Now, the the, 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 the reason why the klaxon's gone off there is that he wasn't eating a wheel of pizza pie, as the, as the, as the myth goes. The, the story is that he, he was, like you say, eating a wheel, not of brie, but of pizza pie, and uh, took out a slice, and there was Pac-Man in front of him. The truth is that he was eating 
a square pizza, a coochie, and then later decided to round out the image for a spherical Pac-Man. So I'm going to have to, I'm afraid, even though you were talking about Brie, take points off you there, Tony, Alex. That was just entirely a guess. <laughs> Do I get points for the fact that I basically bullshitted you there? <laughs> um, you get points for, tr- you get one point for, for, for at least trying to get points back. That's, that's about it, really. It just seemed like the only conceivable way someone could come up with Pac, 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 Man. What a fault as well, making it rounded edges. That would have been harder back then, when it was Pac-Man was first introduced. Do you think that kind of square pizza was eating school dinners? Apparently that's what, how they are in Japan. They're called coochies, square pizzas. Uh-huh. I found that out today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'll give bonus points to anyone who can tell me the original Japanese name for Pac-Man and why it got changed to American arcades. Oh, um, Puck-Man... Uh, because it, it was just way too easy for people to just put a little black line in the P to make it seem like fuck man. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% correct. Does anyone have anything interesting to say about uh, our yellow friend? And I don't mean Eddie and Zato. <laughs> you know, if you take Ms. Pac-Man's bow off her head, uh, you, you can't tell. <laughs> Very true. I, the, the only thing interesting I can say is that I think it's amazing how the hell they've managed to rejuvenate that franchise from being mm. the Pac-Man that we knew and loved all the way back then to the new DX edition that's just recently come out. It's incredible, mm. the difference in that game and, and how you can take that old gaming mechanic and, and give it a new lease of light, new lick of paint. First ever video game. What was the, f- or indeed, well, I guess the right participle was, what was the first video game? I, th- I think I might know. Okay, Alex? This could be a trick one. Okay, um, yeah, it could be a trick one, but I'm, I'm going to go to what, what I do know. I think it was something along the lines of some sort of algorithm generator that uh, was turned into some sort of fishing game. It wasn't really fishing, it was a little dotty, bleepy thing. That, that bounced up and down on a radar or something. I don't know. But it wasn't even Pong in those days. I think you're maybe talking about Tennis for Two? Does that sound maybe. like... Mm, probably not. I wouldn't okay. give me a point if, if you're thinking about Tennis for Two, because I wasn't. I was thinking about a bleepy algorithm. And Tennis for Two isn't just Pong, then? Tennis for Two isn't just Pong. And um, Alex is, is quite right to stay away from Tennis for Two, because he'd have got klaxoned. Um, it, 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 it's, it uh, was... Uh, Zan? Oh, okay. <laughs> An interception. An interception, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get Claxton, but I thought it was Space War. Mm. Uh, Space War uh, was released, uh, I believe, the year 1952 or something like that. Um, but it's uh, disputed, certainly, as being the first ever video game. Hmm. Anyone else? Well, the right answer is that there is no right answer. Uh, in, in 1947, the cathode ray tube amusement device was created by Thomas T. Goldsmith and S.L.R. Mann, and that was a missile simulator based on World War II radar displays. And many Actually, people... Actually, I think that was the one I was thinking of. Ah. Um, it, was, uh, it was on a show with Ian Lee. Do you remember the... Uh, yes. The, the big... The, 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 dis- the, rep- the reputable one he did that was actually really good. Um, and... Yeah, what was it about? It well, like, it was as I said, it's like a missile plot? simulator. Just you points, you know, please. But what was it called? I just need to have a look at it. It was called the cathode ray tube amusement device. But then what <laughs> just was rolls off a tongue. Sounds- <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, do you want to see a cathode ray tube amusement device? But the point, the point being that it wasn't the first, um, the first digital game. It was the first one using analog circuitry. Uh, which means that it, it represented information by variable quantities like positions and voltages rather than discrete numerical data. Like Looking at it, this is exactly what I was talking about. Mm. You know, I said it was on a radar or something. That is exactly right. what I meant. It's a big round, uh, sort of a it's, a... it's a round black circle with a thin blue luminous line like Tron and a little bouncy thing that goes along on top. So what did that actually play? 
uh, just just what you see really <laughs> the, 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 that did the thing. bouncy thing bounce over the top because it looks like tennis well that, that might be tennis for two then which you're which i think you might be looking at i'm not sure but that was it says uh, the horrendously badly named cathode ray okay so tube basically amusement like, generator i didn't i haven't seen it in action but as far as i understand it's just a missile simulator like based on on world war ii radar displays so that's okay. all it does so uh, then what was the first ever commercial game where people were having you know could actually buy that rather than that being in a huge warehouse no doubt the first coin-operated computer game was called Galaxy Game by Bill Pitts and Hugh Tuck in 1971. It's rather an all-encompassing title. <laughs> Everything underneath the galaxy. <laughs> Another suggestion is the, the Nimrod digital computer, which was created in 1951 and exclusively designed to play Nim, which is apparently a strategy game with roots in ancient China. But there's certainly no consensus over what is the first ever video game. People get... Uh, kind of mired in what you exactly define as the first ever video game mm. so I'm afraid there wasn't a right answer but certainly it's not Mario you can't say it was Mario <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on a second the right answer is there is no right answer and we didn't give you the right answer so that was technically the right answer but we gave him a bunch of wrong answers that simulated not the right answer so if we just sat there silently we'd have got points no because <laughs> <laughs> it's my rules uh, and on that note how can we say there is none without being bored <laughs> the Mario swing your arms from side to side come on it's time to go do the Mario take one step and then again let's do the Mario all together now you got it so on to question number three uh, talking of Mario now we know that Mario has a soft spot for the ever pouting and pink coated princess peach needs to stop talking to strangers yeah exactly but my 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 question to you three gentlemen is who was Mario's first romantic partner in gaming Hmm. Donkey Kong (laughs) (laughs) he loves that (laughs) he loves that big ape come on you're getting some monkey love. Now, with the, surely the Donkey Kong... So, uh, are, we, are we talking about the woman that Donkey Kong kidnapped for whatever purposes a giant monkey could have for a captive woman? That is absolutely correct. That is the woman in question. Was it her name Daisy? Ah. For asking, was her name Daisy? <laughs> it's like a saying... Was her name Priscilla? <laughs> you can't ask an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we That's can all assume it's not Peach, so. Yes, it's no. not Peach. Princess Toadstool, Princess. Okay, right. Um, is there, so there is one straightforward answer to this one. Yes. And no, no I'm assuming there. it's. She had no name. <laughs> she had a name. Okay, that's alright then. Father Neil Hannon. I, I can't. Terry O'Leary. I, well, I, I don't think it's right, but. <laughs> It's, isn't it Rose or something like that? Not quite, but nah. close, sort of. I, I see where you're going. Did anyone I, have any memories of the first donkey? Did anyone actually play it? Because I never played the first donkey. Yeah, but now I'm you're... A, yeah, I'm old enough to remember it coming out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I played it, but I, I, you had no idea who the names of the characters were. Was it never it not... It didn't. Like, they, they, they never go right. deep into the narrative, unfortunately. <clears throat> there was no, there was never. And also at the time, virtually every system had a rip-off of Donkey Kong. Um, on you know on them as well as Nintendo bringing it out on virtually every platform. And what? The, none of them ever ex- none of them ever had any kind of plot or anything. You just stuck it in and played it. So what year are we talking about and what platform? We're talking about 1981. And we're talking about the yeah. arcade. So I was one. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I, okay. I, I, I'll take you guys out of your misery. It, uh, of course, Mario Pitt in that game is Jumpman. He was a carpenter. Yeah. Apparently, the story he was a carpenter who mistreated his pet ape, and so the yeah. ape. Went a bit crazy and kidnapped his girlfriend. His girlfriend, who was called... Jump Girl? Even worse. Lady. Jump Woman. Just Lady. Lady. Later became Pauline in a, in a later Pauline. incarnation. Yes, Pauline. How very kitchen sink drama. This is bullshit, because the, the game never had any kind of narrative or any kind of uh, story. This has been added since then. Yeah, and the Japanese don't have the name Pauline. It's just it's not in their culture. <laughs> it was just a oh, black Pauline with a joystick and a button. You'll have to. It's probably you'll the translation to. from Japanese. It's just lady. There's probably a real name for her. It's just that that's the way it came out in Google. Well, no, yeah, okay, if that is the backstory, we have to accept it, though, because, I mean, yeah. You know, so, did you say he was a carpenter? 
He was apparently a carpenter. Yeah. That's what? The story. He changed professions at some point yeah. in his career. That's why, a plumber. That's, why he had, that's why he had a hammer. He got bored. But then he wasn't any good as being a plumber because every time someone showed him a pipe, he jumped inside. <laughs> Has he actually ever done any carpenting or plumbing in any of his games? He had a factory. In, in the, um, uh, the Game & Watch games, he had a factory. It's typical, run. though. You get your plumber around, he doesn't do anything for hours on end. <laughs> Still charges you a fortune. Eats all your flowers, throws fireballs at you. <laughs> I think you had some very strange experiences with plumbers. I did have a plumber... Actually, now this is the truth. I did have... A plumber come round to check our toilet. I'm not sure what was wrong with it, but then he came out after about ten minutes and went, "Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, I wouldn't flush that if I were you." And then we went in, and he had left a giant fudge dragon inside the toilet. And it was like, "Thank you. You had to test that one, did you? I see you've been eating porridge for breakfast. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. So, who shall I make this payable to?" So yeah, we had his turd in the toilet for quite. I think my father may have fished it out. That is, that is true story. Seriously, disgusting, horrible. But you didn't have to live with it. It's disgusting and filthy, but it is quite interesting. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) points for you, Mister Shaw. On that note, question four, and it is another Mario question. On that note, on well, well, on the (laughs) yeah, well, maybe. Um, We'll see. I hope not. Please, we'll see how the question goes. this this question has troubled many a gamer since the dawn of uh, of Mario. So you've leaped over many a valley, you've squished many a Goomba, and finally all your hard work has been worth it. The end is in sight. The castle lies just beyond that flagpole, and you can almost already hear the fireworks popping off to celebrate your valiant effort. But wait, what truly lies beyond the flagpole? What secrets are unlocked by a lofty leap to defy conformity? But is it possible? My question to you, gentlemen, is can you jump over the flagpole <laughs> in Super Mario Brothers? I think when you get to the point where you would actually jump over the platform, as in a little invisible wall goes, nope, you're not getting anywhere, and then you just slide down the air, hit the flagpole, and then continue your descent. Is that a no? I think you can't jump over the flagpole. I have, I, 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 I've confounded I th- myself trying. If you, if you can, if you can, but you just land on the flagpole and be the opposite way. Rather than going down the front of it, you go around the back. That's not correct. Mm. Okay. Okay. I thought. I thought. Well, I, I, we did this with um, with Joe and Jeff, and Joe actually knew. Um, Jeff did go straight ahead and say no very very quickly. The right. Tr- the right answer is yes. You can, but only for one level. Uh, one one. It's the the world is the world is free free as uh, mm. demonstrated by the game trailer show Pop Fiction. You can just leap over it if you time your jump absolutely perfectly, and uh, it's it's something you really have to, you know, get very very precise on. Uh, certainly, it's not the first level, which a lot of people said that's the that's the big myth that you can jump over the flag in the first level. You can't, mm. but you can for World Free. That was what I was basing my summation on, since I have tried over and over to jump over that flagpole and I have hit air and then been propelled downwards. So I'm going to guess if you do manage to do it, the game doesn't register that you've hit the flagpole. So what you just Stand the other side, running backwards and forwards until the time runs out. Or that's pretty much it. Yeah, what well, you 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 don't register as having hit the flagpole. There's a big sort of wall of castle, almost like a kind of if you imagine like an abbey, like just this huge <laughs> expanse of castle which you can keep going, you know, past and past. But eventually the time just ticks out and you die. Can you not jump is, back onto the flag? I don't know that. <laughs> I, I I would I'd imagine that surely you you would be able to, but. Um, I haven't, so haven't even jumped over the flagpole effectively. myself. Yeah, it's, it is, it's a bit of a game breaker. Uh, okay. but the kill screen, if you will. Yeah, so, is, exactly. and is this proven on all versions of Mario? Um, well, this is the thing. This is on the on the NES one. I, you can certainly, on like uh, main versions, jump over most of the flagpoles if you if you know how to sort of. You just uh, type in super jump. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure there are certain things you can do, and and I'm certain also other ports don't. You know, mirror the game as closely, but yeah, for the original Mario Super Mario Brothers, you can only jump over a flagpole in World Free Free. And one more kind of related question, very a very quick one: Does anyone know what game had the shortest release at stores? Ooh. Rate play. Uh, z- <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Rate play. I knew you wouldn't bring it in, but I wanted to bring it in in there. I would imagine that going to stores, people were like, "Oh, was it? Oh my God, get this off the shelves!" I could imagine it being that way, but it, I don't think it hits stores. Okay, right. get rid of your clacks, and I think Great Guiana Sisters 
was only around for about a week before they were sued. What you're hearing <laughs> is the, is the, is a lack of a klaxon because you are absolutely 100% right. Of course. It yep. was as as Zan completely rightly said it was withdrawn after a week in 1987 after pending legal action from Nintendo. Mm. Right, as Guybrush Freeport once wisely stated, never pay more than 20 bucks for a computer game. So uh, on that note, question <laughs> five. It's another one courtesy of those people over at Pop Fiction, uh, a game trailers which I heartily recommend if you want to uh, debunk a lot of urban myths. This one takes you guys back to 1997. Again, picture the scene. You're halfway through a groundbreaking new video game on the PlayStation, one that's going to change the gaming landscape for years to come. You're on tenterhooks. The story of love, rebellion, corruption, and supernatural power has you firmly in its grasp. And then, she dies. The flower girl, Aerith, perishes at the sword of the demonic Sephiroth. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really, no. So, as many young gamers simply couldn't just accept that death, they plunged hours and hours into working out how to revive the fallen maiden. But alas, it was all in vain. Or was it? Well, <laughs> Pop Fiction investigated this. Uh, they investigated one of the most extensive methods on how to revive Aerith. My question to you guys is, did they succeed? Is it possible to resurrect Aerith in Final Fantasy VII? I think it is after a fact. You have to. I think you have to hack the PC version of the game or something like that, but it involves possibly talk... I don't know, maybe it's something to do with her ultimate weapon. Talking to the guy who has... The, the, the guy who's asleep most of the time, or something like that. Uh, but I think it can only be done in the PC version. And it, it 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 doesn't actually work for the narrative of the game. It's you shouldn't be able to do it. Anyone else want to venture an answer? <clears throat> Sorry, I started falling asleep when I realised we were talking about Final Fantasy. Well, let's ask the specialist, Sam. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really give a shit. <laughs> so that's me losing points for being not very interesting, right? Carry on. <laughs> um. Because it it sounds such a specific question, I'm gonna say you can probably you probably can. I'm gonna clax and Tony then in that case okay. and leave Alex because Alex, I think you're right. You can do it with the PC version, but certainly in the PlayStation version, no, you can't. Mm. The uh, the Pop Fiction crew went as far as to level up their AP to into the million range to make their revive <laughs> spell go to an insane fourth level, which you actually can do. It just requires hours upon hours of play. Uh, the rumour that they were following, the convoluted path that li led them down was to go to Aerith's house and then try to resurrect her with a new spell, which you also have to have four tissues in your uh, inventory for some reason. And then once she says no, you go to... Or she, she do well, doesn't say no. <laughs> she just doesn't resurrect. You go on to the Midgard church with, with apparently Kate Sif in your party for some bizarre reason to resurrect the ghost of Aerith. And uh, the rumour says that... Uh, She'll come from from appear from nowhere, and then you can resurrect her. It's totally bunk, as all the rumours are, and as as Alex said quite rightly, the story does not accommodate for her, even when you use mm. a hack to bring her into the game. She sort of appears in cutscenes, but she never says anything, and she may as well not be there, which is the whole point. She is Sheng Long, effectively. After she dies, there is nowhere. I mean, she, she shouldn't be there. And, and, on, and on that note, <laughs> do you know what Sheng Long is? Which secret character can be unlocked in Street Fighter Two? <laughs> is it Sheng Long? <laughs> Way You're to welcome. ruin one of my questions. <laughs> Back when the playground was the sole sole repository of information, Sheng Long was this character that people misinterpreted Ryu's "You must defeat Sheng Long to stand a chance" uh, to being the uh, the master of Ryu and Ken, uh, and that there was you know rumours abounded that if you, you know, get through the whole game without being hit once or something like that, then uh, before you face M. Bison, Sheng Long jumps in, kicks M. Bison's ass, then you have to kick his ass. Total, utter bunkum. Total crap. But, in, you know, we were kids. We believed that crap. And I think Akuma came from that, and then eventually he turned up in, in Street Fighter 4. Absolutely 100% correct. Um... I know, fell for that shit. <laughs> I, I think most people did when it comes to fighting games. I've heard that same rumour for countless fighting games throughout the past. Do you, know, do you know how it came about, Alex? Do you know why the rumour came uh, it about? Was, it, was a, uh, it was a magazine. I can't remember which one. Maybe even... Uh, what's that mighty one? That it, it should really be British. 
because that's the sort of wag thing that we do especially way back in those days when everyone was you know just like a 17 year old kid with a, with a video game journalists uh, like Mean Machines or, or like maybe even one of the slightly more indie ones right. but um, it might even have been uh, that they what's the name of that one that closed and everyone thought it was the that's end of the, the world that's the one it's EGM they're the, EGM, people, they're yeah. the people who revealed it um, for people who, who which must have been a great magazine <laughs> it must have been hilarious at the time um, for people who didn't who didn't, who didn't uh, know about Shane Long and we're going to say Shane Long he had been joked about as a secret character like Alex said to be found in Street Fighter 2 but it what led to the to the rumour was a mistranslation in the English localisation um, sorry mm. American localisation of the game uh, Ryu's uppercut in Chinese PN is called Shane Long yeah, you must um, defeat my uh, my dragon punch. Exactly. Stand the chance, effectively. If you cannot overcome the rising dragon punch, you cannot win. This got mistranslated in English book to "You must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance." And mm. so, as Alex said, Shang Long was identified as Ryu and Ken's master in Street Fighter Two. And in fact, Capcom got in on the joke recently when uh, Gukun was revealed for Super Street Fighter Four. They showed a silhouette of mm. the character and said and claimed in their blog it was going to be Shang Long. Turned out nice. not to be, and it looks like Master Long will never see the light of gaming day. Well, you say that, but Guken really effectively fills that gap. You know, he, he is the guy that we all thought Sheng Long was going to be. I think you're as, as close as you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that, Capcom aren't going to do it, no one's going to do it. Yeah. Doesn't that go with the rumours back in the day in Mario 64 where you could play as Luigi if you managed to get every single star and do certain oh, things? Oh, yes. It's another one that's completely bunk, absolutely. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't play as Luigi no matter how hard you try. Now, talk about collecting all the flags in Assassin's Creed being disappointing. At least you get an achievement for that. Getting all the stars and you get to, up to the castle and you go, Hey, Yoshi. Yoshi! Does that mean I get to go on his back for no. the rest of the... No. What do you get, Al? <laughs> you get Sod sparkles all. out of your ass. That sparkles is what you do. When ass. you jump, you, you spark. And also they give you a Brilliant. bunch of lives. It's like, well... I don't I need the lives. I've seen everything yeah. in the game. <laughs> I've done everything. Why would I need this? But yeah, Give you, me a different way to play. You jump around and you have sparkles coming out of your ass. Yeah. Fantastic, but yeah, no That's Luigi. Great game. Though. I remember that rumor going around for a long time, and people yeah. were trying every way, shape, and form. And it, it, once again, it's just magazines coming up with stuff, and it, it you know it sells copies if they put it in there, and people buy next next week's or well, next month's issue. Back when people were buying magazines, I, I think in Fantasy Jim, it was they they did put it in as a as an April Fool's thing. They did it mm. not trying <laughs> to just get people <laughs> to you know mm. buy the magazine, but uh, it's a pretty good tactic if, if uh, I'm being wrong about it. Um, mm. On that note, then, since you ruined my question so <laughs> ruiningly, uh, I'm sorry. it's okay. I will just deduct more points if I can later. So, on to question seven. Very simple one. How did Pikachu cause 150 people to be admitted to hospital? Oh, uh, yeah, is that down to seizures through the... Actually, no, that's the, that's the film. I remember the film when I saw the film in the cinema. Yes, I went to see Luigi. Yeah, Luigi. I went to see Pokemon Pe- 1, Pokemon. The Rise of Hitler. Uh, and tons of kids had to be hospitalised because of the way they did the, the animation and so much flashing on the screen. They're having yeah, seizures yeah, in the cinema. Strobes, wasn't it? Yeah, strobe lighting. And there was a big... Uh, hoo-ha about it and it got taken off the screens for a while actually while they put I believe the, uh, that was uh, that was on the main um, TV show as well, well the TV show. they did that in The Simpsons 100% correct all of you very well done yeah, in, we must in, collect them all <laughs> in, in 1997 way back when uh, there was an episode of the, of the TV show the Pokemon TV show called Electric Soldier Porygon which I think is just the best name <laughs> for anything I'd, I would, I'd love to play a game called Electric Soldier Porygon um, that, that episode aired in Japan on December the 16th, 1997, and during it, Pikachu unleashed a Thunderbolt attack. And uh, that attack. So flashy. Quite a flashy <laughs> one, yes. It created a strobe flash for four How seconds. How flashy was it? At a rate of 12 hertz, followed by two seconds of the screen being completely filled by a colour. I think it was blue. This triggered a figure reported between 635 and 685 photosensitive seizures in young boys and girls across Japan. And that's just the oh ones reported. God. I'm sure there were countless more who had seizures but didn't call in the ambulance. And and manuals were never the same again as the exactly. stuff went into them. Yeah. Yeah, they always say, well, careful, careful, seizures. Mm. And you might even not know you're epileptic, but you, you may have one from this game. I suppose it's 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 
it was kind of a wake up call and, and, and pretty damn relevant actually because games were getting to the point where they were getting pretty explosive and flashy so it was kind of important that something like that did happen so that it made the uh, the, de- the producers and developers a bit more responsible absolutely I, I completely I, just, I think it's completely ironic that it happened in the TV show rather than the actual game which yeah. you know there was quite a lot of flashing in the game as I recall yeah, yeah every absolutely. time you face a new Pokemon just one I think it was that that generation of games in Japan was all about being no, as loud and noisy and as close to anime as possible and I think mm. uh, yeah that's that's what ended up happening so the good thing is of course that of the 650 odd only 150 ended up in hospital and no serious damage after a number of years was sustained by any of the uh, unfortunate victims the show however did have to suffer the ignominy as a uh, as Tony said of having to go off the air for four months Jeez. so uh, yeah pretty <laughs> It's all those thousands, of millions even, of kids out there who love themselves some Pokemon, <laughs> but didn't get seizures. We're like, oh great, all of you other kids ruining it for us. It's biological. It's not their fault. Absolutely. Okay, and talking about games and illness, what does World of Warcraft have to do with bird flu? <laughs> it causes it. <laughs> it's been officially... Everybody who's ever played World of Warcraft got bird flu. That, those are the statistics, apparently. That's my clacks, and I put really stupidly, it causes it, just to see if anyone would say that. <laughs> Didn't they... Um, I know they included swine flu in the game. Did they include bird flu as well? That's something you could contract uh, within the... They... they, they Is it from they, flying They included on something which was like swine flu, but no, that's not actually what I'm talking about. Um... <laughs> It's as addictive as bird flu. I'll, I'll, is it anything to do with the way that they play like World of Warcraft, like in places like China and, and whatnot, and lots Korea, of gatherings yeah. of people? Yeah, lots of gathering people within the the kind of what they play the internet cafes out there, mm. and so mm. there's a mixture of lots of people playing it and catching it. It's, it's a yeah. good theory, but it's not correct. I I do want to oh. clarify what Alex meant by 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 bird flu being addictive. Um. <laughs> okay, right. Once you've got bird flu, it's really hard to stop having bird flu. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you just can't put it down. I it's so compelling. I see, yes. The most addictive of the diseases. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, Except for scabies. The answer is... Annual. Oh, actually, here's a question. Um, In America, uh, if you have uh, rabies, you're uh, considered being rabid. So if you have scabies... Are you, are you considered being... Ah. Uh, scabid? I, I really <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> Could you find that one out? <laughs> I will, what I will news endeavor, of scabies? I will endeavour as we talk to find you if it's scabbard. I, 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 I hope <laughs> it is. It, if, so if we're talking about Seriously, Warcraft, folks, scabies is no joke. So it's not just but the virus that swept through <laughs> Warcraft like bird flu. Like there was something set off and um, it, it passed, like a virus passed from one person to the next. That is the right answer. Uh, but didn't point, Zan say that? <laughs> he, he said there was specifically swine flu, which is not not correct. There uh. was there was something in in 2005. World of Warcraft was brought to its knees by something called the corrupted blood pandemic. There was a I boss remember of an, that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. a boss of a new dungeon uh, called Hacker, who in any infected players of debuff called corrupted blood, which spread across mm-hmm. players and damaged them over time. Uh-huh. But the problem was they would kill lower level players in basically a couple of seconds. So. Um, and it was still passed on to people around them. So unfortunately, the disease spread outside of the dungeon, and uh, basically across, across the, the two million like, or so players. So like 28 days later, then exactly. With, uh, it, with this it, waste. Oh god! It was so bad that it it brought the game to its knees, and Blizzard were forced, despite quarantine efforts. This is absolutely true. They had a quarantine <laughs> effort. They were forced to make a hard reset, uh, and so profound was this uh, event that two imagine later. being in the internment camps <laughs> no, see, but yeah you joke but by hard resetting they, they had to write backtrack data so people Absolutely. lost progress that they were doing within the game so like oh, people were God. doing dungeon runs and they'd taken down like the big bosses at the time had to reset back to when they, they uh, you know, in- technically uh, got infected by this virus could you imagine so, it happening yeah. now imagine it's oh. six years on all that progress gone well I'd imagine they have a uh, hard copies saved oh, yeah. Pretty Let's get rid of everything <laughs> from Wrath of the Lich King onwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the link to, uh, virus, to bird yeah. flu was because uh, two years later, an Israeli epidemiologist by the name of Ran D. Malisa published an article which compared WoW. Uh, Ran D. Wow, Ran D. Yeah, it's true. Ran D. 
R-A-N space D. I'm not making it up. Published an article which compared the WoW outbreak to that of SARS and bird flu outbreaks, arguing that the game was an advanced platform for mapping out the spread of infectious diseases. And there have been a number of articles since, and there's a lot of research now going into how WoW operates as, a, I guess, like an ecosystem or a world, yeah. Very well, from from that data we can extrapolate, we're buggered if smallpox ever breaks out somewhere. Because <laughs> yeah. the lower level people will just be dead straight away. <laughs> well, you, you take the yeah the, the young and innocent off first, don't you? Sorry, <laughs> terrible joke. <laughs> God. The old. Oh, anyway. Damn it, I knew Blizzard would be the responsible for the, for the, for the end of the, of the world. <laughs> It's more than just a collection of great gaming podcasts. It's more than just a large community of smart, friendly gamers. It's more than your average gaming experience. Whatever you get from your current gaming experience, get more. Come on, listen. Onto the realm where players fear the red ring of humiliation, the yellow light of shame, the blue screen of general <laughs> ignorance. And whatever the Wii has when it breaks down. It, it just goes slightly fuzzy and corrupted on the screen, I had it. Oh, I managed to crash my Wii the other day. I was mm. playing Rogue Squadron 2, and it j- I, I actually started succeeding, despite the fact that there's only a few lives and it's rock hard. And I was like, I'm actually winning, and it crashed. I went, oh, of course, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never crashed my Wii, actually, now that I think about it. I, th- I think it was just the, the, the swell of positivity just emanating forth from me the we couldn't handle <laughs> <laughs> on that note uh, it, as, a, as a very famous man once said it's time to kick arse and chew bubblegum so guess let's find out if you run out of arses to kick fingers on buzzers team question 9 which game is the most expensive video game ever made i.e. Which, which one had the biggest production budget of all Zan. time Zan uh, Red Dead Redemption. And what was its budget? So like two hundred million plus. One jillion dollars. It's a hundred. It's a hundred million apparently. Right. Which makes well, it the easy, which makes it the equal tied with the with the with the other game. Is it? We wish you a merry Christmas. The video game. <laughs> yes. Full points to Alex. It is. It's not uh, Shenmue then. It's not Shenmue. That would be a klaxon. But I'm going to let you off because mm. we would have the right answer. Um, the other. The other contenders are Gran Turismo 5. So Shenmue, Shenmue was $70 million. Gran Turismo 5 was $80 million. Two Human was, was first reported at $80 million and then went down to $60 million. Well, they got uh, their money back on that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a sound investment. Yeah, Where's Dennis Dyack now? Crying in a corner of his room. No, he's... What is he? He's making a well-known franchise game, isn't he? I, I, I can't I, remember. I thought he was... The next Ninja Guy Den game. Yeah, he's making a Marvel game, isn't he? That's his, his next game. Really? The, okay. Yeah, the team's making a Marvel project. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the the other the other game that uh, comes up to a hundred million dollars, like Red Dead Redemption, is actually Grand Theft Auto Four, according to GTA wow, Four producer GTA 4, yeah. Yeah, Leslie Benzies. But uh, I admit, I, I I wasn't saying about Red Dead Redemption, but there is a story that says it's a hundred million dollars. So that's fine by me. I'll, yeah. I'll grant that. And I'm I'm pretty sure it is actually. Uh, they talked a lot about it this year being the most expensive game ever. Yeah. yeah at the, at the time, the they were really worried it wasn't going to make any well, enough money, enough of that money back. And of course, you know, hindsight. So I'm going to go. Yeah, give Zan the point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that was absolutely. Right. And imagine how much that you know you add in the DLC for both those games, Grand Theft Auto oh. and Red Dead Redemption. They're just making their money back over and over again. Mm. How many people bought Gay Tony actually? That's a good question. I was always interested to see if, if the, just, the, just the fact that it was called Gay Tony actually drove away their key demographic of 14-year-old boys. I, I, I will have to derail the search for Scabbard to find out for you. 
I would imagine the God, fact. No, no, the scabbard thing is the most important. Okay. Never deal well. All right, fine. We'll never know about the Gatonia. I'd, I'd imagine that you saw the fact that you saw the packs that came out with all the stuff in, and then onto the PlayStation Three and all that. It didn't do as good as uh, Rockstar would have hoped. But yeah. yeah. But apparently, how much? How much was it that Microsoft allegedly paid them for that exclusive rights for a year? Oh, something like Did fifty. I remember hearing fifty million or something crazy. I cannot be that. Well, that's half the cost of Red Dead Redemption. It's surely mental. not mental. I remember it was yeah. it was something ridiculous like that. I, I, maybe thirty million, but certainly it was in the, in the double figures. But they did at E three go pretty much regarding Sony in your face. <laughs> we got it for a year. So just went, yeah, we'll get it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have that one soon. I would have loved to have been in the room when uh, Rockstar said to Microsoft, "Oh, right, uh, thanks for buying that one. Guess what the second one's called?" And <laughs> 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 just to see everyone's faces falling. At you, you sure you can't call it the Ballad of Badass Tony? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, question ten. So, Michael Jackson, who uh, very sadly passed away last year, I think, uh, mm-hmm. was one of the characters as Space Michael in Dance Channel Five. Mm-hmm. What other games Alex, was he involved ready to with rumble two. prior to his release? Alex, Ready to Rumble 2 and Moonwalker on the Master System. Sorry, and Mega Drive. Correct and correct. Uh, sure. Anything sure. else? Anyone else want to bet? He was in Sonic games. One? I do know this one. He was, he was in Sonic games, you say. Are you sure? No, he's a big fan of Sonic games. He's a big fan of the Sonic games, okay. <laughs> That's okay. a nice um, tentative like that, wasn't it? <laughs> Now, Sinan, I actually do know this one, but you're going to have to give me a clue. I'm going to have to give you a clue. Okay. Little clue. Well, look, yeah. my little clue is that uh, Tony should not be as tentative. That he was in the Sonic game? <laughs> I certainly know, I know he had something to do with, with the whole Sega he, team. Okay, the uh, the uh, Sonic uh, team. My Alex was completely right with Moonwalker and, and Ready to Rumble. Um... Moonwalker, especially, you know, the the the, the I think two the, the two games, the arcade and the and the, and the home version, two really highly yes. acclaimed. There was games. a home computer one as well. Yes, uh, apparently in, in the in the arcade version, you could do the moonwalk. You could you could throw to his hat. There were a number mm-hmm. of the songs from the from his from his albums, and uh, you mm-hmm. could also turn into a giant robot, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we could do all of that in the home versions, definitely. Yep. Uh, apparently, the, the the premise of the whole home version was you were supposed to rescue kidnapped children from gang members and zombies. Yeah, it was great. wasn't he also in Space Channel Five though? <laughs> he was That's the but one was, we, where was, we started this yeah. question. Yeah, the, but okay. the fact is that he's now been confirmed that he did, in fact, collaborate with Sega for a number of the compositions in Sonic Three. <laughs> and Three, that yes. the Sonic Three credits provided the basis for Stranger in Moscow. And if you actually go listen to them now, it's it's really obvious. It's it, that intro is just taken directly <laughs> from the credits. So um, could you play it now and then so- play Stranger in Moscow just for the listeners at home? I That's could. I will, I will. I will play the credits and I'll play Stranger in Moscow. singer Kieran Kirby on Happy with Sega in 2003. Does anyone know who Kieran Kirby is? That would be a great <laughs> starting point. No. no. It's going to be another Space Channel 5 thing. Oh, is that your way after Space Channel 5? What did you say? Um, hang on, would that be around the... 2003, God. No, Zan was... There wasn't was, much Zan. in 2000, there was Outrun. That's Zan about was all Sega were doing in those days. Zan was onto something by saying it's oh, right, okay, to do with Space Channel Sorry. 5. Dreamcast. So did, did she have 
Was she the voice of Ulala? Um, Close. Was she the body of Ulala? She claimed that she had been modelled, that Ulala had been hmm. modelled on her. Uh, so she was like the uh, guy from uh, <laughs> uh, Cypress Hill saying, Well, yeah, oh, man, you've modelled that entire game, San Andreas, on my life. That bit with the jetpack and the Harrier jump jet, that was all me. Basically, that was her. And, and the, the hilarious thing about it is that if you don't know who she is, and that's because she was the lead singer of Delight, who are really only known for their chart hit in 1990, Groove is in the Heart. Oh my god, she is like Ulala! Yeah. Yeah. Well, she looks like her, yeah. If you've ever seen um, the the music video for uh, Groove is in the Heart, play it now. Groove is in the Heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 Yeah, I mean, that... Yeah, if, if this was visual, you could just play that side by side with Space Channel 5 and just have everyone go, yep, pink hair. That's she, so she hadn't she come into the studio or anything like that and no. modelled and they just took her, they well, ba- she supposedly took her image. That, that's exactly it. They, she thought they, that they'd basically just taken her image and, and used it through Lala. The judge rejected mm. her claims and she was forced to pay Sega over $600,000 in legal costs. <laughs> wow! I guess Sega need the money. Well, so, so. so did Sean Penn at any point go, hey, you know, this dude in Vice City is pretty much my character in uh, Carlito's Maybe way. not after hearing about that legal case. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, okay, now this is a bit of a controversial one. So I'm not going to de- really deduct points, but I will clax in you if you if you get it wrong. But I'm not going to take any points away. According to the Guinness Book of Records Games Edition 2008, which I've updated since on its answer, uh, what is the record holder? And and you have to listen to it carefully for the largest number of games in a single series, not including spin-offs into other genres. Ooh, I would guess. FIFA right now. Well, you would have been cracked. <laughs> but I'm not going to take you any points. Final Fantasy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess Mario. Okay, all three of those would have been cracked. Final Fantasy, Mario, FIFA. So, I'm going to stop now before I lose all our points. <laughs> no, no points at risk here. Okay. It's all good. Uh, Banjo, because I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> millions of them. No, I, 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 I'm getting confused because Mirror's Edge. <laughs> I'm getting confused with um. I'm I'm saying like in my back of my head I'm saying Rayman, but that was like the 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 game that's making the most money ever. Yeah, that's that's the one that's been at the at the at in the charts for the longest amount of time. The longest, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You you might kick yourselves with when no you find spin-offs. Out. I don't know. Okay, hang on. So give us the phrasing again. Okay. Just so we can so it is. It's not, okay, how about Tetris? No. It is the record holder for the largest number of individual yeah. games in a single series, not including spin-offs into other genres. I've already said Final Fantasy, so it's higher than 14 yes. so far, right? Okay. Uh, well, that's why I said FIFA, because there's fucking loads of them. Yeah. What about um, Madden? Nope. There's more FIFA's than Madden's because they have like the half-year ones when it's a World Cup. I say I say it's controversial because even the publisher who released these games came out and said, "Well, we think we've got even more than this," and so it's not certain that the that the uh, research. Into oh, it uh, Dynasty Warriors, <laughs> right? Publisher. Oh God, Koei. Okay. Wait, no, wrong. Um, sorry, wrong publisher. <laughs> I got my publishers Technic. wrong. The publisher uh, is Capcom. Capcom. Oh, uh, Street Fighter. No. Okay. Resident Evil. No. Mega Man. Mega Man is the right answer. You shouldn't give me a point for no, that. No, I'm not just going to give you any points for that. You're, quite, you're certainly right there as well. Yeah, the controversial answer, according to Guinness, is Mega Man. They said that back in 2008 it's 46. It would, make, it would now be 48. Uh, Rockman. Apparently there's... Because, you've, yeah, like I said, there's, there's been two games since then. Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. Uh, hmm. So that makes 19 games in the classic series. 11 more in Mega Man X. Four for Mega Man Zero, two for ZX, three for Mega Man Legends, six for Mega Man Battle Network, and three for Mega Man <sighs> Star Force. A total of 48 games within the Mega Man series. <laughs> is it always still like side-scrolling? The same damn game. Well, this is the thing. This is where well. it's a bit controversial because one or two of those are fighting games, but it's they're fighting games within the Mega Man sort of way. So it's, it's yeah, but so by and large, it's the same thing. Yeah. Goddamn game over and over again. We just can't get enough of exactly. I mean, I uh, yeah, okay. Those the, those Guinness bods are convinced Mega Man is the most milked series in gaming history. You know, <laughs> <laughs> most milked. Nice. Yes. Um, and another little statistic to finish on. We've already talked about the game that was 
in the charts for the longest, which was Rayman. 237 <laughs> weeks, I think, or something along those Incredible, lines. Incredible, yeah. Amazing yeah, statistic. Another crazy statistic. Which game is the record holder for the most weeks spent at the number one spot of the UK all-format single chart? It's got to be a Wii game. So we play. <laughs> we play with the stupid extra peripheral that basically people are buying it for the peripheral of the game is no, Who wants okay. to be a millionaire? Is the right answer. Yeah. Oh, it is a shame that, yeah. on all of us. I have heard that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Who wants to be a millionaire? The makers of that game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. By, by so how many, how many weeks was it at number one? It was at the number one spot in 2000 for 18 weeks. In a row. Is it Brian That's Adams? Like a Brian Adams. Oh, okay, give us a point for both going to Brian <laughs> Adams. For Brian Adams. <laughs> That's the unit. Since you need the points, I'll give you both else. two points for that. Nice. Thank you, Brian. It, it went on You're to become, Canada's finest. It went on to become the fastest selling game in the UK re- to reach a million uh, in 2001. Oh, shame on us. You know, oh, and the biggest selling game it. of all time. You can't it. win a million on it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just a quiz show. <laughs> it's, oh, well, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculously easy, actually, to win a million on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I well, think that, I did it on my second attempt. Really? Oh, man. That's quite interesting. You should, you should, yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah. should go on the show. Go. <laughs> it's still going. It could, be like, to re- to it could be like Slumdog Millionaire, the Zantiriad version. <laughs> to, redeem, to redeem yourselves, guests, do, do you know what game sits at, the, t- at uh, the top for the biggest selling game of all time in the UK now? <sighs> it's not Wii Play, is it? Okay. Is it on the Wii? No. What? And isn't it's Call of Duty? Is that a klaxon? Nope. Call of but Duty. you have to be oh, specific. Uh, Call of Duty Modern it's Warfare 2. Is the right answer? There you mm. go. Actually, Just no, hang on. Modern Warfare 2. There is no Call of Duty. Is the rightest answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, I think it would be a fantastic time to bring this QI-themed edition of Big Revolution to a close, but not before telling you the scores. Um, so... In last place, uh, Blue Shelled at the death with minus 14 points is Alex. Minus 14? <laughs> this minus is QI, dude. It, it, just the way it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that probably means you've won. In second place, just falling to a banana skin in front of the line with minus 4 is Tony. <laughs> but with a whopping 12 points. 12 points, not Woo-hoo! even minus 12. 12 <laughs> points. It's the ninja red pigeon that is Xanteriad. Well done. Silent wow. but deadly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Pick my moments very carefully. Nice. So the you just say the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of doing a Daniel Radcliffe if you saw the Christmas uh, QI. Nice. Just to say, just answering the questions I know. <laughs> See, in other words, don't speculate to accumulate. You just uh, have yeah, to be yeah. quiet. And, I just, well, and you, you, yeah. yeah, okay. But I had great fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I did too. Just maybe for all the power I had for a brief. Sinan, would you like to come on our <laughs> New Year quiz show? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Put Sinan in the Dock. <laughs> no. Have a guess uh, what happens in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the same show without you. Do you oh, know how long we're going to have to look? For a podcaster named Sinner. Oh, I'm sure there must be at least... I'd be so disappointed there's not another podcaster. That's your homework for this week, guys. Yep. Find yep. another Sinner. First up, Scabies, <laughs> then Sinner. Yeah, good point. Can, so, bigredpotion at gmail.com. Sinan, another podcaster, Scabbit. We need to know. Please tell is us. Is it Scabbit or Scabid, Americans? <laughs> or is there no word for describing somebody with Scabies? I really hope it's Scabbit. It, it should be. Scabbed. You just I, I want to line up a bunch of patients with rabies and scabies and just say that's rabbit and scabbit and rabbit and scabbit and rabbit and scabbit. I wouldn't get people with rabies together I'd, with I'd people with scabies. No. I would, I would you don't do want to mix those two. You're going to get yourself a yeah. bird flu type thing. At a distance. Anyway, um, on that dis- 